Nah. Eh, I would. I've had some of their lager. It's pretty good. I think it was my lager of the week last week. I think it was. So. There you go. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Couldn't clear his throat before he started the podcast, so he's just starting off scruffy. It's fine. Uh, another week of the Beer Engine podcast. You guys, of course, I'm sure expect much better from us by now, but. Tony, how you doing, my friend? I'm excellent. I'm going to put you on mute for a second. You can hark your guts out for as long as you want, and uh, it won't upset the uh, beer engine community. I could have been a real asshole and unmuted you mid-cough, but I haven't. I, so. I, I muted myself. It was easy. I just pushed the button. But, uh, Tony, you're now I know you. It was big weekend this weekend for you because it was Easter, and I know you're the type. You dress up in your big furry Easter bunny costume. Yep. And uh, nothing and, religious uh, about you get it. A bunch of, just get a bunch just, of children on your lap well, uh, and give them little prizes, right? Well, so you took it an odd direction. I was going to say that there was nothing <laughs> religious about it, there was nothing holiday about it, but oh. it was 100% purely sexual. But now you've taken oh. it into a weird place. Now, I, th- I would say any. Uh, if, if any if any Easter figure is going to have you have a bunch of little little kids sit on their lap, it feels like it's more likely going to be the priest than the Easter Bunny. Am yeah, I right? That, that yeah. is exactly right. Yeah, and that is not a joke, guys. That is the truth. So you need to stay vigilant out there. All right, you yeah. need to be taking down bunnies and priests on site. Okay, just just out of pure risk factor. Well, that reminds me of the uh, Tim Mitchin song. Have you heard it? Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I think, called. Um, I think it's called um, the Pope song, but the uh, okay. first or ninety seconds of it, he only says two words. Yeah, which are fuck the Pope. F- fuck oh. the Pope. Well, that's okay, three that's words. Three words. Yep. Yeah, but the uh, the um, now now for Easter there. Now I know that you have. Don't you have a largely Catholic community down there? Or is it no? It's is it a it's a Australian Church of Australia. <laughs> it's a mix of Catholic and Protestant Christian faith yeah, sure. for the majority. But I will say we are one of the biggest atheist populations in general. Yeah. What we you do with that, Easter yeah. is just use it as a break for our first term school holidays in every That's state. Right. So therefore it mm-hmm. becomes a big holiday because of where it falls in the school calendar. And we've turned Good Friday into even for non-Catholics into the Hallmark holiday for seafood. And, look, I did, right. did my part. I had a pepperoni pizza that night. I was not <laughs> going to abide. But also I did take advantage of the rock lobsters because they're going cheap at the moment and I was able to get a full rock lobster nice. for 22 bucks. So I had a lobster roll for lunch and that was delicious. Now we're talking, yeah. I had some lobster tacos recently from a food truck and – you could argue that it's expensive, but I thought I got a good amount of lobster for like seventeen bucks US uh, for three tacos, stuffed full of lobster. I was pretty, I was pretty yeah. happy with it. And this is the discussion that we were having because the rest of my family they're prawn people, or as you would say, shrimp people. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, and, and I'm not little such, shrimps walking around. I'm not such a huge fan of it. I don't mind a good 
good prawn, but I find them a touch mealy compared to something like crayfish or or rock lobster, as you would be familiar with. Um, yeah. Because our crayfish are, are, are lobster. They're just a name that we had part of the weirdness crawfish, of this. Crawfish, crayfish, crawdads, um, rock never, lobster. Never crawfish. No. That, that, that's the distinction. It's, it was always crayfish and, and they tended to be big lobsters. But it's, Now, what's do you guys have the thing that's kind of like we would call them langoustine? Is that a different thing for you guys or is that <sighs> that's, that's sort of like a slightly – it's bigger than a crayfish but smaller than your like Atlantic lobster? Yeah, we don't have anything like that in our salt water because of where we're situated. We're not cold enough right. for those things. They tend to be more a, in your hemisphere, yep. far more northern yeah. than where we're situated. Even around Tasmania, which is a big place to get lobsters, um, we don't tend to see langoustines. We do have a freshwater variant that's probably cro- closely related to your crawfish, and that's a yabby, mm-hmm. which is an Australian yeah. native shellfish. Um, yeah, because crawfish are freshwater, I believe. Yeah, yep. like a lake. Well, I'm going to the land of them in the next couple of weeks here, going to New Orleans. So they got all kind of them little swamp swamp bug fellers there, um, which I uh, I love them. I think they're good. Um, they're a little, they're a little bit of work for, uh, getting what you want out of those. But if you get the nice broth in there, hell, I, I, you know, we can make some good hot and juicy crawfish and, uh, you're in Vegas. You can, they have to, th- it's like you have to throw the whole table away after you eat it because it's so messy, but it's, um, it's extremely good. It sounds nice. delicious. <laughs> See, do you guys do any sort of lamb or you guys like eating a lamb down there, some snags or anything on for Easter Sunday, or is it just everything's front-loaded to Good Friday and you're just going normal? Because it's generally the kickoff for school holidays. Everything's front-loaded into that um, Good Friday. Easter Sunday tends to be hot cross buns and Mm. also Easter eggs. That's when we do our Easter egg hunts, if you do the hunt thing, or the Easter bunny drops off a shit ton of Easter eggs. So that's sort of the way it goes. Like they're, they're the only two dates of Easter that are of any note other than the fact you get a public holiday for Easter Monday. Sure. The only, well, we don't get that. Uh, the only relevant, uh, thing for me for Easter is, um, I love the Reese's Easter eggs. The, um, I don't know if you guys get these, but they're really just, it's just a big, it's just a big Reese's. Um, it's, it's all it is <laughs> and it's egg shaped. So there's nothing different. It's not egg shaped like round. It's a flat bottom and it's just the outline of an egg, but a Reese's and um, that one is the correct. I, I don't mind. I mean, I love Reese's cups, but the right ratio of peanut butter to chocolate is the egg. That's what I want. Let a little more peanut butter. In the oh, butter. really? Now, now, yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the mix I want is the egg. Now um, this is going to show up my, my snobbery around chocolate <laughs> or my specific love for Australian chocolate versus. Oh, the US. chocolate on a Reese's is ass. So yeah. you can't, it's totally, Trash, yeah. No, you can't think of it. It's just sugar coating. There's nothing to it. Now, has anybody done like a fancy ver- version of a peanut butter cup? That yeah, they're with- great. Oh, they are, and you can get them. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah, no, you can get some at Trader Joe's. They make little ones with dark chocolate oh, and now we're peanut butter. They're very good. Um, there's places. I mean, I love like peanut butter bonbons from like a high end chalk. It's like a chalk peanut butter truffle. You yeah, know? Um, those are great. But and they do cups. People do like Justin's does the high end chocolate peanut butter thing. The hell they do some with almond butter. But for some reason, it's just different, right? Reese's tastes like childhood. 
Oh, so you yeah. get that experience. And I do like that. Um, now, if I wanted to eat something good, I guess that's different, right? Or I'll eat like the good one, but it's it's just a different desire. I have to eat the eggs because I just like them. That's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. It's just, yeah. it's something that I hadn't thought about or other people sort of fancying these things up to, oh, to yeah. turn them high end. Because, yeah, I, I love trash as much as the next person, but sometimes it's nice to get a high end version of something. A good example of that is like, pork rinds or pork oh, crackle yeah. or whatever Chicharron, you want to yeah, like like, yeah. I can get the grocery store bag stuff, but if I get stuff fried at my table, that shit's delicious. Hell yeah. That's so good. Um, uh, you know, you can get Trader Joe's, you can get, this is a pro tip for anyone who lives within 10 miles of a Trader Joe's, which means you live in a nice neighborhood apparently because they have some fucking weird ass requirement that they have to have a certain median income to put these fucking places in anyways do you live um, nearby a trader joe's of course not that close to it they wouldn't put it um well the problem is with vegas is that everything's very close together so you're really not far from a neighborhood that would have that median income in green valley um but uh the they, they do like a tub so you can get like a little tub with the um like mini cups in there with dark chocolate covered in peanut butter just stash that bad boy in the fridge you can snag one out whenever you want. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that experience right there. Um, that's cool. Tony, actually, what you were just talking about, frying up um, frying up various animal fats. Uh, yesterday, uh, Kelly and I popped into Corey's because they had this food truck that I've always wanted to hit up that does Hawaiian tacos. So, I mean, there's no such thing as a Hawaiian taco, but it's Hawaiian, you know, foods stuffed into a taco. Yeah. Um, and the tacos were great. They had a bulgogi. They had a, uh, a, um, a huli huli chicken one. They were delicious. All the kimchi and veggies and stuff on there were good. They even had a Hawaiian version of a lote that I really liked that had sort of a coconut vibe to it. And they had this dish. I don't know what this had to do with Hawaii. I don't care. But it was just, <laughs> they were called stuffed, stuffed chicken skins. And they were chicken skins that had been stuffed with, like, not cheese, like, like veggies and some, some other, I think, pieces of chicken also, and then deep fried. So it was, like, fried chicken skins filled up with, like, the huli huli chicken cut up and then some veggies on top and, like, pickles and stuff. That was some good shit right there. Now, that's one of those foods that is, like, two sides of the coin for me. I love deep fried or crunchy roast chicken skin i do not go in the gummy gelatinous steaks when it's been like in no. a casserole roasted, or anything. roasted chicken skin you have to figure out a way to render it off i feel yep. like right so you, you kind of have to make sure that you've either you've crisped it up in advance somehow or you can render it out after you cook it you're um, absolutely right, especially with the render, because on a roast chicken, that's really what you're doing. It's not like a fried yeah. chicken skin where you get that sort of burst of chicken fat. Um, right. You're actually rendering that fat from underneath. Um, and the key to do that is a quick roast, no more than sort yep. of 45 minutes. You can't roast it forever. No, uh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's the problem with roasting turkey, isn't it? You know, there's yeah, just no way to get the garbage skin bird. right, really. Yeah, right, that's yeah, trash. Um, that's why duck's so good because you, when you get the crispy skin duck, now yep. you're now you're talking. That's the way to go. But that but is yeah, the Hawaiian Hawaiian taco is pretty good, dude. I gotta recommend that. Yeah. Now, is is Hawaiian food the most sort of 
not the OG, but the most sort of outward pointing face to sort of fusion yeah. food because everywhere oh. is an amalgamation of somewhere else. But it feels to me like Hawaii, with its influences, with its, its Pan-Asian influences and mm. its American GI influences and, and it's, just Indigenous Hawaiians, it, it, it really is outwardly more fusion than, than, say, somewhere like Malaysia, which is purely fusion. I think, um, I think Hawaiian and Korean food are the ones that strike because Korea has a lot of those same inputs from the Korean War. So they're That's using true. a lot of those same things like yep. spam and, and hot dogs in the noodles, noodles and hot, hot dogs. And they have their own type of hot dog. They have the Korean fried hot dogs with like potatoes and shit yeah, on the outside cool. of them that look amazing. We've got those here. Um, and honestly, those are the two most pervasive types of cuisine here i would say <laughs> is in vegas is there's a ton of hawaiian food there's a bunch of famous yeah. hawaiian food i just saw another thing for the the oxtail soup from the california that i haven't gone back to get since we moved here but it is amazing um and there's a million hawaiian restaurants and there's a ton of korean food here and we just had bts here and i did have my friend go there and they did at allegiant they had the Korean dogs, like with the cheese and stuff on the inside and the potatoes and all that stuff on the outside. I'm like, damn, that's cool. Um, I really, I was, I was pretty jealous of that. Um, I would, I would have gotten on that. I think we have a couple of those places here though. So I'm going to have to try it sometime. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I dig, I, I've said this before. I dig the Hawaiian influence here. Yep. I think it's the best. I love that food. Yeah, it's because with Hawaii, it's not even so much that American GI thing. Like spam, yes, is a thing that I associate with with Hawaiian culture. But there's a lot of other things like that. That oxtail soup is, oxtail. is such a weird, like British hangover thing. Or the shit that I hate, like poi. I just don't like it. It's just it's just too gummy for me. It just doesn't work. But when you're when you go to the buffet at the Main Street Station, you will see. People loading up on the poi. I I do not gel with the majority of gummy foods. Like we were talking yeah. about with chicken skins, don't like those. I'm with Tom Caligio. Okra doesn't have a place in modern cuisine. It is just slime mm. on a stick, um, or slime in a plant. Um, it's what just about not my... eggplant? Do you like eggplant or aubergines or whatever you guys would call Done them? Done right, yes. So I want some mm. some roast or some char from some grill marks, but but not yeah. in any. Like where it gets dicey is where you get like really mushy eggplant with the firm skin still on them, and they they're like you've got to eat through that leather against that gelatinous texture. That that's kind of weird to me. That shit's good for you, though. It is, um, but done right, yeah. yeah, it's delicious. And there's absolutely right. no need to um, salt an aubergine or eggplant these days. Yeah, they are they are a little briny tasting, huh? Well, you don't need to do it. This is get a young enough eggplant, which the majority of eggplants are now, and they don't have the the overly ripe seeds in them. They're just right. delicious. Right. Just yeah. use them as they are. The um. Uh, I made an eggplant dish the other day. You know it's healthy because the next day you wake up and you're like, I have to use the bathroom immediately. And you pump out a perfect number four on the old stool chart there. And you're like, damn, eggplant, healthiest food on earth. Not just any stool chart, the Bristol stool chart. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah, Bristol four. That's what we're going for, gang. Eggplant will get you there. Um, Mine was a three and a half today. 
Uh, that's pretty good. You yeah. want to just if you can cover in that three four range, you're you're doing you're doing all right. Yep, got to get that. Want to be got to get those two cups of veggies in. Nice. Then you drink. Greens. Then you drink too many. Then you drink a barley wine, and you're right up to you're you're hitting a you're at the five range, and you're like, oh, I back off a little bit. And that's the problem with barley wine, gang. It's not not good for the insides. <laughs> Uh, speaking of good things that aren't good for you, I did have another good Vegas food thing this week, Tony. I went to um, my old favorite bartender at Astronomy over here, opened his own pizza restaurant called Red Dwarf. Like the British TV show? That's right. Um, and uh, they have Detroit-style pizza, which I i don't know if I've talked about here, but it kicks ass. Yes, you have. It is uh, your favorite style of pizza, bar none. It's real rules. And then um, – they have uh, tiki drinks, and it's kind of a ooh, that's a good a combo faux, faux dive thing about it. Um, well, not so really wrapped cool... it in the faux dive thing. Like either go full dive bar or or like I don't know how to describe it. It's like an old tiki dive. I don't know. They're playing okay. black and white movies in there. Oh well, that's uh, not really sort of the dive bar. That's that's more theme. Like... Yeah, and it's got like the um, it's got the reedy sort of. Uh, awnings over the booths and stuff, and yeah, and it's got some old beer signs. They also have a beer list of twenty kick-ass beers. They have one of the best beer lists in the city. Um, so it's just a great place. So I highly recommend that for any of our Vegas visitors. Go check out Red Dwarf, and in a particularly strange part of town at Vegas Valley in Maryland. Um, just a bizarre. It just it doesn't fit in that this sort of slightly hipster pizza place doesn't really doesn't really fit the bill of that neighborhood, but. Good for those guys, um, Tony. You've been getting any food or anything lately? You, you uh, we, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling nostalgic for the old days at Table for Eight to know what kind of shit you're eating. Yeah, as I said, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I should have used the cough button then. Um, mm-hmm. As far as eating out, there's been nothing really of note. I have, however, had a couple of standout things at home. Um, sure, and and. Really, number one is the lobster roll, um, just purely because of how good it was. It was a perfect combination of, you know, like perfect bun. These were leftover hot dog buns, but not the mass market hot dog buns. These were from a bakery and they would have been sort of too crusty the day before. So they were just sure. perfect for it. Uh, and the sauce, I went a bit, um, a bit old school. Perhaps not traditional lobster roll, straight mayonnaise. I went Mary Rose sauce. Are you familiar with Mary Rose? No, that's a new one to me. Okay, this is a British thing. So it is the way we do it, and it's the way kind of Heston does it. He has a slight variation on it. But what it is, cream, tomato ketchup, and we add Tabasco and... We also add either some sriracha or Frank's Red Hot just to give it a bit of acid. This is this is fry sauce or burger sauce right here is what this feels like to me. It, it um, kind of is, but with the cream is not really fry or burger sauce. That's a that's a this, mayonnaise thing. And if anybody's yeah, using mayonnaise, is, uh, that's wrong. The, oh well, the, the, the Wikipedia says it's mayonnaise. So, Wikipedia is uh, wrong. Heston Blumenthal yeah, says wrong. it's cream. I say it's cream. So that's the way I went with my lobster roll. And that was delicious. Um, been doing some amazing pork spare ribs. Um, so not the baby back ribs, but the sort of cross-cut ribs that are more fatty. Kind of like um, um, 
bacon, but in like slabs of pork, and you slowly roast those, and you render all the fat out and all the collagen out. They go crunchy and delicious. All right, well, let's look at Heston's uh, prime cocktail recipe. It has mayonnaise in it, Tony. Well, he's changed it. I will, <laughs> I do have a book, and he has creamy. This is in 20, 2012, 29 March 2012. Heston, get your shit together, bro. Yeah. Um, two different recipes from a chef. Shock horror. Yeah, what, <laughs> what does this guy do? Just come up with foods? Loser. Um, I actually do want to go to Heston. Heston has a restaurant uh, of some kind that is supposedly decent at uh, Heathrow Airport, which I may check out because <laughs> I'll be there for a couple hours. So, if he's if his is any is any bit as good as Rick Bayless's, then I'll be happy because I love that place. Um, oh, Tony, uh, I did want to bring up you know, the Chicago Bulls are playing right now. Um, everybody is going to know how the game finishes by the time this show comes out, of course. But currently, as we speak, the Bulls are winning by six with five minutes left in the second. Um, what's your take on the, uh, on the old basketball so far? We're, we're in the thick, we're in the thick of my favorite. This is actually my favorite few weeks of basketball is the first round. Um, yeah. just because it's just on every night. I love it. So everything is going to plan. There's not really any standout results. The only result of sort of question you can actually draw out of any of these is perhaps the Memphis versus Minnesota series where they're they're tied up one one, but that's New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans won last night. That was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I don't know. I, I just think I I personally think the Suns are just going to be in first gear for the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to squeak through in six, and that's yeah, going to be I fine. I think that's what Milwaukee's doing right now, yep. but I don't know if they can afford that. I think the Bulls are better than the New Orleans, to, not to give them too much credit. But uh, I think um, I think I think the Bulls, even without Lonzo, I don't think the Bucks can beat the Bulls in first gear, especially when they have to go to Chicago. Yep. But as I was saying, the only result that I question, perhaps the Phoenix New Orleans um, series being tied one one, but I have genuine concern that the Memphis Minnesota series could turn into a seven game series and potentially Minnesota decide to turn up for four games and and they they could get one of the bigger upsets. But every other series is going either via seed or it's a four five matchup in the West um, or. Um, yeah, otherwise nothing outstanding. The only one that perhaps you would have thought was closer if you hadn't have watched basketball this year and just based on paper, and that's the same always with this team, is the Boston-Brooklyn series, and, and we're not deep into that series. But I don't see Brooklyn getting over Boston. Um, yeah. They are a seven seed, and that result will go the way most – two versus seven seed matchups go because Brooklyn kind of like the Lakers this year are like just good on paper, but they're not an actually. They're weird. To, they're weird to watch. They are. They're a weird yep. team to watch. It's, it's strange. I, I think, I mean, Boston, I, they could, they could just airlift the stadium into the ocean for all I care. I don't care. I, I like Tatum fine. He's, he's at least probably my favorite player in that awful series, but um 
I just I don't like watching those teams. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not fun teams to watch. I I haven't thought Boston are a fun team to watch. And, and Boston are one of these teams kind of like a post-LeBron Miami that are going to be good yeah. and that are going to upset the world until they get to the final step. Um, it's uh, it's all there for Milwaukee if they want to actually try. Yep. But they're, they're missing something this year. I don't know. There's something not right about them. Really? They, they should they, Milwaukee should have beaten this. The Bulls were absolute dog shit on, on Sunday. I mean, it was miserable to watch. And they still almost won that game. Uh, they weren't even close to the right intensity level. They were down by 15 in the first quarter. And they still got in the ballpark. They were, they were down, I don't know, three with, you know, four or five minutes left. I mean, give me a break, Milwaukee. You know, you're at home. Right now they're down, they're down six at home. Um, you know, late in the second. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Giannis could turn it on and blow He could probably could just flip a switch and blow the whole series out of the water, but he hasn't done it yet. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think they should be, the, the Bulls without Lonzo are just kind of stinky and weirdly stagnant on offense. They just don't yeah. have the creativity. So, I, in, in my mind, I was like, Milwaukee's either going to sweep or gentlemen sweep this. Maybe the Bulls get one home, you know, um, but but I don't know now. Now it's just like it definitely still could, but the Bulls have been um, – Milwaukee, it's not even that the Bulls have been that in- interesting or good. It's that Milwaukee just hasn't kind of amped it up like they probably need to. But don't you have to factor in that, like, if you're going to go the distance, it is a two-month journey, the NBA yep. playoffs. This is of not course. something that takes place over – three, four weeks, or even, what, five that the NFL playoffs take out? I think it's. I think the East is different now, though, too. I think the East is now the West, where you're going to have to actually try a little bit in the first round. The West used to be this way, where there are like three series that would go seven games. The last thing you want is to not try very hard in the first round, and then you get stuck playing a six- or seven-game series against a team you should have swept, you know? Yeah. Um, playing two full games more is worse than having to run it out for, for another game. So I think if the bulls get this one, it's I'm, I'm feeling like the bulls, I don't know if they have a chance to win it, but they, I mean, they do, but I, but I, I like their, um, I, I like their chances to make it a long series if they can steal one in Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I think they'll max take it to six. Maybe they'll get above a genuine sweep. Maybe they'll take it to more than five and, and take it to that sixth game. But, yeah, I can't see them taking it to a seventh game. And and that'll like be enough them. for Milwaukee. They're, when you're talking about Phoenix, Milwaukee, um, who else will I put in this hardened category? Um, Miami. Yes, Miami, even Golden State. Um, yeah, Golden State. Golden State's looking like the best team right now. These are teams that have... have Hardened playoff records. Okay, Golden State's from three or four years ago. But these are hardened playoff teams. And when they're a cut above right. their opposition, which Golden State versus Denver, that that yeah, is a, they're, a they're true advantage. They're, they're just better. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, they're just better than them. They will, they will stay just that tick above. They will lose as many games as they need to lose to stay fit. And that's what it's really all about. It's not running the table on anybody during the playoffs. It's about, it's still about load management until you get to the 
conference finals, really, and then yeah. that's out and out basketball for those last two rounds. Uh, I, I would say um, I do. I do kind of miss having Lillard in the playoffs. I did love him in the playoffs. He was just sort of a he was a total lunatic. Um, uh, I don't miss that team. That team stuck, but I do miss having Lillard around. Um, all right. Well, we'll get we'll get Tony's breakdown next week. After we should be almost halfway through the first round um, by next week, so that'll be cool. Yeah, and maybe we'll uh, see some change in the playoff picture. Like if if New Orleans have it tied at two two, and and Memphis have pulled away, that's a that's a very different playoff picture. But um, like the first round of the playoffs, great four five matchups, great three six matchups for the most part. But the two seven yep. and one eight. Really, are they yeah. blockbuster series? And if we can get four playoff series in a first round that are amazing, that is huge. Even two amazing playoff series in the first round is really all yeah. Yeah. you really need to, to be interesting. So I hope yeah. we do get those two, hopefully on split sides, but even if they're on one side of the draw, that's all you can really hope for. Yeah, that's Get a few good series going. This this uh, this Minnesota Memphis one looks pretty dang good. So, um, all right. So Tony, real quick on our upcoming schedule, um, uh, just wanted to point out. So next week we will just have a normal show. So that's easy for you guys to remember. Keep that in mind. Normal next week. Cool. All right. The following week we will also have a normal show. Ha ha. Cool. Easy. easy. And then. On the on Wednesday the eleventh, we will finally. So set your calendars. On Wednesday eleventh, we will finally be bringing on our March Madness bracket <laughs> winner from March. Uh, Corey will be coming on to complete the March Madness Untrap <laughs> tournament in May. May eleventh, you guys will be listening to that. Um, it's going to be super exciting. So um, you know, keep that in the. We will not. We are not giving up on it. You know, we still have our four beers left. We have. Blind Pig, we have Freem Pills, we have um, two other ones uh, <laughs> that I can't remember, um, and it's in, uh, what was the barrel age one, Tony? We, we just did it. Oh, it's Treehouse Julius and the um, oh. and the old one that won last week, which wasn't Bourbon County Stout. No. And oh, uh, it, was, was it? it was, Huge beer. was it, was it Black Tuesday? Yes, I think it was. It was Black Tuesday. Yeah, it was Black Tuesday. So um, Black Tuesday just barely beat Bell's Black Note. That's what I remember. Um, so there you go. The big four, as they call them. We'll, we'll be going at it on the 11th of May. So here in Vegas, too. So get excited. Get your, get your airfares, get your tickets ready, and we'll, we'll be here for that. Tony, why don't we jump into the Discord? <laughs> All right. As always, I tell you, if you would like to join the Discord, you absolutely can. You are more than welcome to do it. Uh, you just have to drop us a note on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Beer Engine Pod, and uh, or and or send us an email, and our email is beerengineshow at gmail.com. Tony, a lot of beer chat this week. Um, had our had our friends out there drinking because that's healthy for them to do. We like it when they do that. So. Uh, Max Allotment. This is a beer I've had, Tony, uh, from our bastard. buddy Max. Yeah, hell yeah, this shit's good. This is the just. This is Jester King's Less Dots. Um, it's a farmhouse refermented on black currants, and I believe 
that these black currents are second use black currents is my my understanding of less dots. I think more dots is the first run of black currents. Okay, got you. And less less dots is the second run of black currents. And um, it's fucking good, bro. Hell yeah. And uh, I have some Jester King I need to open soon. Here, I'm going to grab it real quick, Tony. Right <laughs> okay. here. It's right next to me. Ooh. Tony, this one I'm going to open soon. Um, this is called Modern Dansk. And it is a, um, this is their mature barrel-aged wild beer blended with Danish Stevens Bear cherry juice from the renowned Frederiksdal Kirsbeerven in Denmark. And I've talked about that cherry wine before. Yes, you This have. is a beer made with those very same cherries. cherries. And I'm very, very, very excited to drink it. That sounds amazing. Now, do you have any idea what that bottle actually ran you as far as cost? Well, my bottle ran me. I got it on Tavor. I think this. I think I got it for for a, like twenty one ninety nine or something. That seems a, like good a, value. Like I don't, I don't mean to be that dumb. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't seem over the money for what it is and the potential that that beer has in it. I know it's good. I know it's going to be good. So I can't wait to. I can't wait to get into it. Um, but I was very excited for. I'm very excited for anyone to drink Jester King. We have a stash of Jester King. Um, at uh, at Corey's, and I drank one. I shared one with a friend over at Silver Stamp, who got a drop of the Collaborations beer from 2019, which is they make it with Live Oak, and it's essentially Live Oak pills, but fermented with Jester King's like wild yeast. That and sounds killer. Fire, yeah, it's so good, <laughs> uh, so so good, very delicious. Um, Max was also drinking. You know, this sounded good too. Um, it's some cognac aid ice cream stout from Carton, and it's blended. This is a blend with their bourbon barrel Russian Imperial Stout, milk chocolate vanilla, and luscious cherry, surrounded by big warming barrel notes. Uh, looks a little fluffy carb wise, but um, it says it's silky smooth. So sounds awesome. Sounds amazing. You know the the, 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 the I'm so on. used to the stupid Horace beers, which are like uncarbed yeah. intent essentially. So it sounds kind of interesting to actually have one with like some fluff to it, some spritz. It just looks so pillowy in the photo though. That's, that's really, it looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And he's got the nice flowers there and everything. It's like a damn, uh, who is the lady who painted the flower vaginas? Georgia um, O'Keefe. Georgia O'Keefe picture back there. Very cool. Um, T. Woods, W. Tudes, drinking a Benthic. Hell yeah. That's what we're talking about. Um, our buddy Cascade Dank, uh, uh, who I believe um, lives over there in the in jolly old England there, uh, spent a few days in Greece. Um, so Nick Tork was dishing out some, some <laughs> ideas for what he could do with Greece. Uh, beers to drink. Guys, if you're in Greece, you need to get on our Discord. Um, now a bunch of this stuff I don't know about, I don't know about mythos or fix Hellas beer, but I do know about Uzo. I do don't know about, is that Metaxa? Um, Metaxa, whatever that is. I've had that shit. That stuff will burn your ass. It's good. Um, and food, lamb euros packed with French fries, brother. Now you're speaking my language right here. Um, and also baby, baby octopus, spinnacle. Baby octopus. 
Anacapita. Usaganaki. That was always popular in Chicago. They like the cheese on fire or whatever. That was always good. I'm with you on his... I'd skipped over his last sentiment, other than Greece is awesome, but his fuck moussaka, though. Um, That's one dish where eggplants don't work because of that... like leathery, a little too gummy for you. Yeah. yeah, I like moussaka. I used to have one that I really liked. At um, now, Chicago has a big Greek population. It has a pretty big every almost everything. Population. Does it have a as big a Greek population as Melbourne though? I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. But I, it has a big one. I think Melbourne has um, the biggest um, outside of Greece community. We have the Chicago has the biggest Polish uh, settlement outside of Warsaw. So yep. It's um, it's it's a lot of Polish, but we do have a Greek town, and there was a place we used to go that um, I can't remember the name of the damn place, but um, that I did like the moussaka, and I felt like I could eat about a third of it before I felt sick to my stomach because it was just so rich. But um, I get what he's saying though, um, that if you if you're not an eggplant eater, you're really not you're not gonna get you're not gonna get through that. Um, so Cascade did have it on this trip, did not like it, so there you go. <laughs> um, perfect. Uh, uh, but, yeah, drank some, uh, drank some Fix Hellas, a few days of lager. I mean, what can you, what can you say? Uh, he said the, um, the Greek island Pilsner was the, was the star here uh, from Kefalonia. Kef- yep. I, I know how to pronounce that because that's in the Assassin's Creed Um <laughs> the one that was based in Greece, and sure. they uh, they said it exactly the way you did with the awkward pauses and everything. Maybe it was bad voice acting, but I I think you nailed it. I think the way to pronounce these things is to kind of have to stop in the middle of trying to say it is usually the right way to do it. <laughs> um, what else we got, Tony? I don't know. That was sort of our prime area. I think. Oh, we got some hot New Orleans tips. That's right. Our show chat had a little bit of stuff. So Nick Torque had some thoughts on Nigel Mansell. Uh, Tony, what do you got on this? Um, this... So he said, uh, he, he said uh, he must have been alcohol impaired when you guys talked about him living on the Isle of Man. Um, I think, okay, he just got his British islands mixed up because... He runs a Hyundai dealership on Jersey. Well, we see, this might have been my alcohol-impaired mind. It may have been a fog. Two drunk people try to think about something from a long time ago. Because, yes, I do believe he <laughs> is on the Isle of, of Jersey now. But he did, in fact, during his F1 time, have his passport as the Isle of Man. Because much like Jersey, it is a tax-free haven as well. Most Formula One drivers do the tax-free haven, but they don't choose the Isle of Man. Nigel Mansell, being British and having Manx roots, chose the Isle of Man. Most chose somewhere on the continent. Did you want to take a guess at tax haven in Europe? Where would Tax havens in Europe. So Jersey, Isle of Man. uh... In Europe. That's not part of Europe, technically. Continental Europe. No. Okay. Hmm. I was thinking something like a Cyprus or a uh, or a um, uh, Canary Islands or a uh, think smaller, think smaller, think See? smaller, think think more legs. Think um, uh, bigger than Vatican City, San Marino, 
type place maybe you're getting very close i'll, I'll or give it to you gibraltar it, or no, it's, uh, it's the home of a formula one grand prix does that help you the no. most famous Formula One Grand Prix. Oh, Monaco! It's Correct. Monaco. Yes, they okay. all choose to live that. there. But there yeah, is there's an, Kelly's been to the casino. By the way, I would like to point that out. There you go. It's meant to be pretty much a hole, the casino in Monaco. Uh, like, she said it's. She said it's like a gambling museum. Yes, <laughs> because there's actually a law. If you're a citizen of Monaco, you cannot, by law, gamble in that casino. Um, yeah, no, that's true. And with the proliferation of modern gambling, whether it be casinos or sports books outside of like these wild places like Vegas and Monaco, yeah. you don't keep up, keep up with the times. You do become sort of that relic, that museum, that more bond thing. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly did say they still have modern slot machines though. So she was laughing her ass off. Cause she's like, there's a fucking Buffalo in here. That's cool. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. Lightning link at the fucking Monte real life Monte Carlo. Um, hell, if you want to go to a gambling museum, go upstairs at the Cal. That's the way it's place to go and play yep. the quarters. Cause they'll spit out the real, real quarters, quarters at you. And yep. you can get your, you can get your bucket and fill it up with the quarters. Um, now, does anyone once? I know it was at the D for a time. Not sure whether they still got it, but the horse racing thing with the coins. Yeah, no, they still have Sigma Derby at the uh, at the D. It's upstairs at the D. I love that thing. Um, you just drink yeah, Bud Lights all day and and play that thing. So much they have, fun. They have two. They have a new. They have a new Sigma Derby type game now um, with like it's like video screens and shit. Um, which is at I've seen it at. Um, I've seen it at Resorts World, and I saw it at the Circa. Um, okay. So that if, so I, I might maybe I'll sit at one of those one of these days. I would check that out. Oh, it's kind of fun to me. I don't know, something to do. I just broke my chair. It's cool. Um, <laughs> it's like just leaning on it, weird. Oh shit! <laughs> melting down. Cool. I think he has broken it for real, folks. He looks out of control on the other side of the All camera. Right. Everything's fine. We're good. Um, all right, Tony, uh, what else we got here? So I got a tip from uh, our buddy Corey, who's going to be coming on here, uh, about the new old New Orleans rum distillery. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to find time to do our rum distillery, but I do like the idea of drinking. I, now, rum is one of those things that I don't really love, but I do get, like, I think about it, and all of a sudden I want some, and I'm like, damn, some rum sounds good, you know? But I don't really have any. Rum isn't really anything that I think about too often as a drink. I just drink bourbon more often. Really? Um, I, I suppose this is an, an American thing because our, like, go-to well spirit is either one of the, like, really shitty American bourbons or it's the Australian dark rum, rum from Bundaberg. So rum has sure. always been associated with Australia. Historically, uh, it's what um, the British asshole soldiers were given when the, this country was... Um, used to take over the indigenous population. They, sure. they were given um, a portion of rum, which bears no relation to modern rum, but um, it's entwined with the Australian culture. And Bundaberg now have several more fancy versions, whether it be the standard version, the OP version, or they now have um, rum aged in Australian native woods. Um, All right. That make for what, are the, what are the native woods? Uh, we talking like 
red gum is gum, gum tree red gum. Yeah, yep. that's what I was figuring. Yep. yep. Which side note, if you have a wood fire and are able to get hold of some red gum, say out of California, if you're an American resident, that is a potential. It is one of the great firewoods for long-term burning. It will hold on for sort of six to nine hours. It's a hardwood and it burns hot and it burns a long time. Very cool. All right. Um, Also from Max, you guys got to get on here, gang, if you aren't taking Max's bets, who's had a couple of wins this week. What is this? Philly and beat over three and a half assists. Harden over nine and a half assists in the Philly money line, and James Harden to make two threes. Hey, not a bad bet. That paid. No, that, that paid that, pretty good five, on a five dollar free bet. Made twenty bucks. Ain't yeah. bad. And then we had. Uh... Sorry, I um, may have jumped ahead here, but we've got to talk about PMAC and Gloop City. Oh, yeah, Pastry Bot was veering into. Loop City, yeah, we do have to talk about this. So Corey, so so, okay, I'm just reading names. Corey's not in this. Okay, so Tony, <laughs> yes, Griff, Brian, whatever your name is, yeah, well, whatever. So uh, this is the reason I was thinking about it is this is in New Orleans, so I've got I've got Corey telling me New Orleans things in my brain, but this is from Urban South Brewery. PMAC posted this, and apparently you're getting this in Australia, I would guess, then, if he's getting his hands on it. Yes. Uh, Urban uh, South, I think, started in Houston, and that has a, has a maybe a New Orleans tap room or something like along those lines. But this stuff looks like Maalox, first of all. So it comes out, though, I, what is the name of this beer? Funky, no, Spooky, Spooky something, Spooky Spilled, maybe? Um. Let's check the untapped. Let's check the untapped rating on this bad boy. But this stuff pours. It's a it's a Maalox green. Are you familiar with Maalox, Tony? I'm not. Um, it's Maalox is sort of like a green version of of um Malort? of of no of Pepto. Okay. Of like yep. a it's a, like a it's like a di- in, indigestion kind of. Okay, so this is spooky spilled with nerds. Um. So they did this. Oh, they did this with Tripping Animals, who's in the Miami area, and Doral, um, or Doral, I guess you would call it. Um, PMAC gave it a 3.25, just as a heads up. Once you guys know that he's on here. <laughs> um, so, first of all, so he pours it. It's this weird green color. And then at some point, somehow he gets a few sips down, and the green has settled into what looks appears to be just pure solids. Right? Doesn't this look like it looks like what you would strain out of a um like if you if you um made a smoothie like the pulp or whatever that you or like a juicer. Like if you did some juicing, you'd have this in the in the pulp catcher or whatever that is. Yeah. For anybody that's done home brewing, this is it just looks like trub. Like the yeah, it's that, that um yeast cake slash hops on the bottom. But in this case it looks like it's made from matcha tea. So this had nerds, nerds candy. Tony, are you familiar with nerds? Of course, I'm familiar with nerds. In my pre, do you guys have nerds? Do you guys have regular nerds? Um, like the little, little hard little. We used to growing up. We used to have nerds growing up, but I'm not sure whether they're still in the Australian market. Um, 
Yeah, okay. the, the exact same nerds that you guys had. I can remember though having those as a kid. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hunt this brewery down. I'm gonna have to try to go there when I'm in New Orleans just to see what's going on with this shit. <laughs> but um, they, they so this one had nerds, pineapple, and white chocolate. Tony, do you want to guess the rating? This has 292 check-ins. I, I'm guessing that this will be probably higher rated than what Pmax given it, considering. This had to travel to Australia. But I don't think it scores above a four. I think this comes in at a generous 3.83. Can't give it to me. I always say you got to get a little closer than that. This is 3.96 on this one. Yeah, I'm in the ballpark, but fair enough. You're in the ballpark, whatever, yeah. So he's got one other one. He said it's either Starburst or Skittles. That's because those are the only two ones left. The highest rated is the Starburst, which um, which they did with Weathered Souls in San Antonio. Uh, and the Skittles one is the next highest. Nerds is the lowest. Nerds has a, or sorry, Skittles has a four. Um, I don't know. I'm anti, but uh, I will go check out. I will go check out Urban South Brewing because why not? You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, just to circle around to where we were before, um, the three important Greek populations worldwide outside of Greece are Sydney, Toronto, New York City, Boston, Melbourne, and drumroll. You going to give the drumroll? Chicago. Yes. Chicago. Thank you. If you were going to be able to nail a rudiment like a drum roll, I would have suspected it'd be somebody like you. But hey. I'll just do the rolling R, no problem. <laughs> um, all right, Tony, why don't we move on to the all important logger of the week? Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Tony, don't worry. I didn't break the chair entirely. I just have to, um, I'm just going to have to, I got a couple screws loose in this thing and I'm not talking about my head gang. It's just, it's just the chair. Perfect analogy for your life. Just got to adjust yourself. That's right. So Uh, Tony, my lager, my lager of the week, I'm drinking it. Uh, Actually, I just finished it because it's addictive. This is from, I I had a buddy bring this back to me, Tony, uh, from Virgin. Uh, who we love, and Carl Strauss, long-standing San Diego brewery. Uh, this is called Clear the Mind. It is a West Coast Pilsner. Uh, so this is a Pilsner with Strata, Chinook, and the Glorian Hop. Um, and this is a absolutely delicious, yummy, refreshing beer. These guys do hops really good. It was distinctly hoppy. I think they have to designate it as a West Coast Pilsner because... There is no mixing this up with the traditional pills, but um, I mean, flat out delicious. Not a, not a complaint. Not a complaint in the world about this. Uh, Carl Strauss and Virgin have made a couple beers that I've liked um, uh, as in collaboration. Uh, this being one of them, I forget the other one. I think it was a. I think it was just a West Coast IPA. Tony, what do you think the rating on this? Okay, it only has twelve check-ins, so we will just we'll just skip it. Um, but for the twelve check-ins, it has four point one five on this on this Pilsner. I hope it um, stays there, but I don't like your chances. I, I really feel no, like this is appealing to lager nerds. Actually, I might um, it's, 
It's a win for lager nerds. How about you, Tony? You, you, you were drinking some lager, I believe. I am, and it's in a phenomenal can. This should be available to the majority of our Australian listeners. Of those, I know there are three of us, including myself. So, PMAC and uh, Nick Talk. Uh, Colonial, who are widely available in most places. Um, they brew out of Margaret River and Port Melbourne. They have got themselves a beautiful green can with their traditional logo and they've put out a tropical lager which is um, American hops but it's a Munich lager and really is delicious and I thought it was going to be potentially a touch dry for the amount of hops that it would have but going to that Munich style it's got a little bit of body which is perfect for this time of year still refreshing but uh, yeah beautiful lager big fan of it. I'm just going to check untapped. Um, so if you want to um, introduce your beer of the week while I come up with that rating, you can do that. Tony, I'm going to shout out a couple beers here that I really enjoyed this week. The first one is one that you're going to have expected me to give some props to. It's from Horace. Opened a Horace last week. It's fine. This was Cloudbreaker 2, 14% on Cloudbreaker 2. Uh, this is a George T. Stag bourbon barrel aged imperial stout with eight pounds of Sri Lanka vanilla beans aided, at, sorry, added per barrel. So big vanilla bourbon barrel stout. Actually got some barrel off this one. Nothing like a Revolution beer, obviously, from a barrel standpoint. But the vanilla popped real nice. Obviously, you're going to add that much vanilla better. But, um, I mean, fantastic. I really, really loved it. It's getting a totally bonkers rating. I'm not even going to make you guess it. It's 4.68 on this one for 135, 135 check-ins. Um, this is why you had to have the rules that you had in place for... Our bracket competition because that is a ridiculous score. But it's with so it's few chickens, that's all about the beer nerds. The, Dude, the next the it. next day, I drank a Schoenraumer Pills at Silver Stamp, which is getting a three point four seven. I mean, fucking a man, it's crazy. Um, the other beer I wanted to I wanted to give some props to as a beer of the week, and I drank a bunch of this beer this week because I was hanging out with friends at Corey's, and I just kept going back for this one. It is probably my fav- one of my favorite local Vegas beers I've had ever. And this was called Cold School. And it is a cold IPA. Um, now, this is, uh, they did this with the Pink Boots chapter in town. Are you familiar with the Pink Boots Society, I Tony? I am familiar with the um, Female Brewers Alliance. Is that what they're also yeah, called? That's, that's right. The, uh, the chapter here, I believe the president is the one of the headlining beer personalities here uh, rose from the silver stamp the owner of the silver stamp um this one uh was created with ale yeast but fermented at lagering temperatures finishing bright and crisp with idaho gem hbc 630 you love it tony talus triumph and laurel hops um which provide sweet characteristics of bubblegum citrus and tropical notes it's it it tasted like a super west coast ipa right it's like had the features of a west coast ipa and also what you would call an extra pale ale 
I would say from a while back, if you remember yep. those types of beers, like a Fist City type beer. So with 7%, they made it with Abel Baker. Abel Baker Brewery in town. I think I've talked about them before. You sure have. Um, they're a very good brewery, make nice beers. But this was a local big winner for the locals. And it's getting underrated. 3.79. Now we can do better than that for this beer. Um, this is a solid, solid four, five, four and a half type west coast ipa i really really quite enjoyed it tony how about you what do you got i've been um enjoying the darker beers with the colder weather i've had a couple of smoke sure. beers but i come back to a supermarket classic that's not expensive um it's like twenty dollars a four pack and that's by um white rabbit who are a widely available brewer in australia they have sure. the, the yearly version of their chocolate stout it's on the sweeter side, don't get me wrong. It's not complex. It's not high alcohol. comes in at 5.6%. But if you want sort of that sweet stout deal with more chocolate notes, um, it is a really good bit to have on a cold winter's day in, in Victoria Absolutely. or basically any day where PMAC lives in Canberra. <laughs> cold up there. You just had the loudest car ever. That wasn't a car. We uh, live 15 minutes from a flight school, an Air Force flight Uh, school. So that was one of the the planes on a low flyby. Probably There is a chopper that flies by here every night at 2.30 a.m. I I don't know why. (laughs) Delightful. At at least ours are like training aircraft or if it's a chopper, it's it's one of the – choppers either the medical chopper because we're a big country or it's one of the oil field choppers that are doing a scenic route because yeah the oil field choppers are not far from us either so never never got a ride in the medevac tony that was one health health scare thing i never got a shot at you know we'll shout out the beer i'm drinking right now which is from revision uh, revision up in they're in Nevada Brewery, but not down here. They're up in Sparks, the Reno area. And this is called Cryptic Love West Coast IPA. Nothing much to say about it other than it's it's the target. Nice West Coast IPA. So very delicious. Um, yeah, good 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 week for beer. I drank a Rodenbach Classic this week, Tony. I love that. Was that. Awesome. Yeah, yep. that was that was killer. Boy, don't don't look at the rating on that if you want to get mad. Holy <laughs> shit. It's like a 3.3 or something. It'll lose your goddamn mind. Um, it's uh, it'll it'll make your head explode. You'll just be so mad all the time. Um, and I think I drank a Ryeway this week too. That was really cool. So not bad, uh, Tony. Why don't we move on to uh, a segment, Tony? You remember we didn't used to do this segment every week, but now every night every. Every one hour before this show, when I'm putting together the notes, I know I got to find me at my ass some killer info from the beer world. This is Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News. Let's start with the gang over at Guinness. You're familiar with Guinness, Tony. They're like a um, small um, brew dog offshoot. They've, they've sort of yeah. been in their shadow, would you say? Yeah, James. The James, the steam engine James Watt founded them in uh, right next to the original Brewdog <laughs> Brewery in Aberdeen. Um, Tony, this sounds good. I want this, uh, so I'm excited to hear that it's going to be coming here. Um, so, uh, oh, or is already here. I have never seen this. 
So I don't know what's going on with this, but there is a Guinness cold brew coffee beer. Beer with cold brew coffee and natural flavor. So this is right. Apparently this was somehow already available in the US. I don't think it was available here in the US. I don't know where in the US it was. But it's going to be available or it is now available nationwide in the US with plans for it to arrive in more markets in Europe and Asia throughout the next eighteen months. So nothing for Australasia at all. Fine. Fuck well it says I think you'll you'll you I think Asia can't will end up counting you, probably. (laughs) What is this lady's name? This lady's the global brand director for Guinness, Grain Grain Wafer. What is that? <laughs> You're right. Is it, gra- is, it, is it Grain Wafer? Is that how you would say it? Uh, oh. It's well, G-R-A-I-N-N-E. So, Grainy? Grain Wafer. Grain. Grain Wafer. I think Grain Wafer is I'm going with Grain Wafer. Um <laughs> The coffee notes already in Guinness make the creation of Guinness cold brew coffee beer unnatural and delicious. Next step in our proud history of innovation. Is it really innovation, though? And they've been making pretty much the same three beers for about 1,000 years. Um, Coffee is not only a natural flavor companion to Guinness, but a huge part of culture around the world. Wow, that is a a sentence right there, (laughs) a fragment. Not least in the U.S. where this beer first launched. Coffee is a huge part of culture around the world, Tony. That's a that's that's cool. Um, with this latest innovation in Guinness brewing, we've introduced Guinness to new consumers as well as existing fans in the U.S. Whatever, stupid <laughs> PR dog shit. Um, no, but I, I want two- this beer. All I I just want to say is that this is not innovative. This is a no-brainer. If I'm going to pick any beer out of the Guinness range that makes marketing sense to cold brew, it's this beer, and it's a perfect combo. The only yeah, combo that's better yeah. in the Guinness range, and, okay, it's not nitro, but I think their foreign export stout would be even oh, better yeah. oh, with that good. cold brew in it, just saying. Yeah, I would drink coffee. Yeah, <laughs> You're starting to veer into Horace territory here. But, yeah, no, you, you load up some... And how about a few fucking vanilla beans in that goddamn shit, too? It'd be cool. And throw some um, coconut at it while you're yeah, there. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, if there's a Guinness draft coconut cold brew, 4%, I, I, I might never drink anything else. Have That's you, all I want. Have you ever thought about, now this is an old school reference, creating yourself a personalized Randall? Just coconut in it. <laughs> Just coconut in it. Yeah, <laughs> Randall. Boy, I remember the Randalls. Um, those are the good old days, huh? Uh, I so I I need to go. I, I guess I have to go to like Total Wine to find this. The only problem with buying beer at Total Wine is you don't know how many years old it is. But I guess this can only be so old at this point. So it's fucking Guinness. Um, like, yeah, it, what's going to happen to it? I know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's in a can. It's a mass-produced product that is designed to be the most stable product in the world. They're not sure. using like first pick water wash um, Arabica beans. These are these are going to be like um, just your bog standard cold brew beans and that's going to be fine. It's going to be delicious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, don't I'm overthink it. it. Hit me up with some of this. I'm, I'm going to go, maybe I try to go hunt some down. Uh, what else, Tony? Uh, this one's from the, so this story, this one popped out of the old, 
the Charlotte Observer, Tony. Um, this is from Charlotte Sycamore Brewing, who has... Uh, I've had their beer before, Tony. But uh, they are suing, guess who, Stone, <laughs> for copyright <laughs> infringement. Oh, no. Um, this one feels a little bit hairier to me um, from a copyright standpoint, but I, I don't know, maybe. So, arrogant... Uh, okay, so let's not... We don't need the fluff from the story, so... No, let's just... The Sycamore Brewing charges that Stone has stolen Sycamore's trademark slogan, Keep It Juicy, which the Charlotte Brewer uses to market its popular juiciness IPA. Stone uh, has been alleged to feature the same catchphrase on packaging and promotions for its own new hazy IPA in, and does so in states where the two companies compete. So they're saying that they've got these two logos. So I will say that the logos have similarities, yes. right? Um, now They're both say keep it juicy and they both have little like droplets flying off of them. Yes. Could this... Um, they are not identical. This is not something that's that's copied ad hominem. But mm-hmm. at the very least, a company the size of Stone should have Googled the words keep it juicy and beer, and they would have come up with this beer. Search for it on Untapped. Not even just Google. Do it on Untapped. You would have come up with it. And then to produce a logo that is similar, you're dicing with death. It, it's As I said, it's not copied verbatim it is it has striking similarities but it has differences i think um stone do have a potential worry i do see a possibility that these two could be confused for one another in the states where they share a marketplace i'm I'm no more a lawyer than that. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. But in my view, I think they're in very dicey waters. I suspect they'll settle this and it'll never, we'll never see or hear the light of day of it, would be my guess. Yeah, but it's worth reporting on. And there's nothing wrong with settling. I think it's a good story. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. Um, I don't think there's anything, I, I don't, I think Stickamore is exactly right to protect their, their, property right their brand property for sure um but i i also don't i don't suspect this is going to be a court battle um i think stone probably knows they're you know probably not in the right here yep would be my hope if especially after what they just dealt with and they hand over a couple hundred g's to this little brewery i I know sycamore they're fine and says uh all right cool you know sorry oops you know, <laughs> <laughs> cost of doing nobody business. Wants to, nobody wants to drop. Nobody wants to drop any money on a lawyer right now. We Stone just spent plenty on them, and you guys don't need it. So why don't we just <laughs> chill? Um, I think that's how probably how it's going to end up. But I, I don't disagree. I think that they. Um, I do think this is clearly some. I think they're going to have a hard time. They would have a hard time fighting this one. I would say. Yep, I agree. Um, so Tony, in the fun, in the fun beer news. Uh, this was fun. Um, I, I don't know why. Here, the only reason I found this was because um, <laughs> I was uh, I was Googling beer news. And these two things both came up. So we have two. I don't know what's going on in, in, the, in the city of Green Bay. I know Wisconsin is a big drinking state, the biggest of drinking states. But uh, they're taking it to a whole other level up here. So 
This is from the Green Bay, you know, whatever newspaper they got up there. I don't know. Um, yeah, whatever one it is, it takes forever to load. <laughs> this is from CB, whatever Green Bay CBS affiliate is. Stranger we sprays Green beer at Green. Yeah, stranger sprays beer at Green Bay resident walking his dog. Uh, one Green Bay resident was startled when a stranger tried to dump beer on him and his dog. Uh, so Luis Ramirez Bar- Barragan tells Local Five that while he was outside taking his dog for a walk, a stranger sprayed beer at him. The stranger also flipped off Luis and said something that Luis could not make out. <laughs> Luis called the police and told them what happened. Um, so it doesn't appear that anyone can figure out why this happened. After the incident, the stranger walks away and Luis goes inside. Isn't this just a casualty of local news having nothing to report on? Because this is well, just... Okay, fine, but that, people don't just walk around spraying beer on each other either. I don't know. I mean, I know well, it's Green Bay. But my point is, this is a person obviously with some sort of mental illness. Like, to waste even the crappiest beer and put a dog's life at risk, because we all know dogs are allergic to hops. Um it was 11.30 in the morning, um, and if you look at the video, this is clearly somebody that is either drug-affected or has mental issues. I don't really see it as a news story, and this is not a slide on you. I think it was fine of you to bring it up, but do we really need Green Bay um, local news reporting on this? What purpose does this serve what other than promoting do? ring doorbells? What else are they going to do in Green Bay? Besides run Trump ads or something, you know, we don't, whatever, the Packers. The interesting Um, point that I found was um, Lewis walking his dog. Of course, he was wearing Green Bay paraphernalia, Green Bay Packers paraphernalia. He wasn't wearing a cheese hat or a Green Bay Packers hat, but he was wearing a team shirt. So, yeah. Interesting. Hey, it was probably April 43 degrees. He was probably in T-shirt and shorts. It's green. It looked um, cold, so I've got to say. It is, it's cold there. I was actually watching a, a, some soccer today uh, that was happening in Madison, which is far south. Today. Um, and it's rainy and cold. I'm like, boy, that looks really awful. Um, so I'm not. Well, maybe it was this guy, Tony, because later on, because this happened on. So that happened on April 19th, just a couple of uh, just yesterday, in fact, because today's 420. Blaze it. Wow. <laughs> I hope you guys got your fucking ganja. Um, this this happened on April 18th. So maybe the guy stayed up all night. But uh, this is from the Green Bay School District. Bus driver admitted to drinking beer during field trip. So in a letter sent to families of Lincoln Elementary School students, the Green Bay Area Public School District said a bus driver admitted to drinking beer during a field trip. The company that employed the bus driver said he's now been fired. Oh, come on. Come on the show, dude. We'll talk about it. Um, fourth and fifth grade students were headed back from their field trip. A student noticed a can of open beer leaking under the bus driver's seat. Okay. that That's maybe a great Great idea. Teachers notified the district note regarding what was found on the bus, at which time the district contacted Lamer's bus to ask them to initiate their safety protocols. Initiate protocol A. Um, like, and, uh, what protocols and, uh, can they do? 
So this says that Lamers requested that the teachers speak with the bus driver to determine if they could smell alcohol, which the teachers responded they could not, nor did they witness any impaired driving. They said that maybe this um, the bus hadn't been properly cleaned, but then once, once the bus driver, once the bus arrived at Lincoln, the Green Bay Police investigated the district's request. Um, the bus driver admitted to the police that he had consumed beer earlier in the day while the while the students were engaged in their activities. So then they fired the guy because of that. Eh. All right. Well, in Australia, that's absolutely a fire, fireable offence because I'm, I'm not sure what your laws are, but on a heavy vehicle licence, which a school bus surely is in, well, it is in Australian terms, you have to be double zero. You have to blow. I don't think you are allowed to be driving the school bus with any sort of yeah. alcohol in your system. I think you got to be a zero, yeah, zero, zero tolerance policy for drugs and alcohol. I mean, I don't know if it's illegal, but um, I would say it's typically most most of your school districts and bus charter companies are anti drinking. So uh, understood, uh, but then again, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say. Um, this is an ass job in a horrible place. So you're sort of like, well, I guess I sort of see both sides of the issue. That's that's <laughs> true. Again, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to blow up some kid while he's driving a bus either. So. Yeah, but what's his name is no longer sheriff. Um, what was his name? The big Trump guy that was sheriff in um, in Wisconsin. Um, you know that worries. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Sheriff Joe, but no, no, no. There was another dude, uh, Sheriff. Oh, it was was it uh, Clark? Was Clark. it um? Yep. The guy with the cowboy hat, the yeah. black guy with the cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yep. Yeah. No, not that. If that guy was in Milwaukee, I believe. Uh, funny enough. I yeah. I never no, struck yeah. Milwaukee as as conservative enough to elect him. It's not. It's not. Um, I'm surprised. David that, Clark, that's his name. Let's let's um let's see what he's up to. I thought it was Milwaukee, but but there's a whole bunch of parts of like Milwaukee County. Um yeah, he was in Milwaukee County. So Milwaukee uh-huh. County, when you get outside of Milwaukee, kind of has a whole other thing going on. <laughs> uh, which is not which is not too super. So but yeah, Green Bay. Uh, I wonder if, you know, now I'm starting to wonder if the feller who uh, got fired for drinking the beer during the field trip was also the guy who was uh, spraying beer at the guy with his dog. So could could easily be the same guy. Who knows? Tony, yeah. I think that's it for news, unless you've got any, you, you guys spraying beer on each other in Australia there or anything? Not at, not at this point of the um, the year, but give us time. There's still time. Um <laughs> But time. with with the beer tax in Australia, that's a lot of money, even for the shittiest beer, unless it's one of the LD beers that I got hold of because they were good value at a dollar a can. That OJ's All Lager right. wasn't oh. a particularly great beer, but a dollar a can can't pass it up. We don't have any Natty Lights in Australia, and these were hell of a lot better than a Natty Light. I can tell you that much. You can get two twenty. I believe you can get two twenty-four ounce cans of Estrella Jalisco, and a you get a ticket to the Las Vegas Lights game. And I think all of that will be five dollars if you uh, if you go to the terribles here. So, 
I love the Terribles casinos. Or are they the gas stations you're talking about? These are the gas. These are the gas stations, and there's only. I I don't believe there are any Terribles casinos open anymore. Oh, they're all gone. I think even the one in Gene, even the one in Gene, is closed. Oh no! What is happening with Gene as a town? Is it still surviving? Because it used to be a shopping casino. No, Prim, Prim, Prim has most of that, but uh, there's nothing in G anywhere. There's a White Castle, I think. And there's um, in Prim, I think one of the casinos is open again. I'm not sure. Too bad, huh? Um, Tony, why don't, we got a new game today. The bracket, the bracket contest won't come to a close, what, for a couple more weeks, but we can do something else. For the first time in a while, I have a round for you of a game we like to call this or that. And I've got to find the... Um, you got to find that sound. Yeah, I do. I've got a lot of sound uh, on the board. But, uh, let's try a couple. We'll see which one we got. Plink, uh, plink, plunk. It's that one. Plink, plunk, plink, 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 This or that. There you go. I was right. I remember... All right, Tony, I got a, this, this is a throwback for you. So many, many moons ago, back when I was a resident of the Chicago suburbs, we played a game called Roller Coaster. Is this a roller coaster or is this a beer? Which I uh, fucking nailed. Let's be clear. you fucking nailed it. So let's see what you know about this, Mr. YouTube watcher. You might destroy me again. Okay. But this one with the summer coming up, Tony. Please be Australian all- Sandbelt Golf Courses. That's what I've been with the, with the American summer coming up and the Australian winter coming up. We're all excited for our water activities. I drove past the nearby water park because I live mere seconds from it um, <laughs> the other day, and there were little kiddos lined up to get on the old water slide. And lo and behold, but if an idea couldn't pop into my head for this or that, so these uh, things, these these names, either belong to a beer. Or a water slide. Okay, I'm not. So how about that? I'm not as tuned in on the um, the water slide culture. So, um, right. it'll it'll be a real challenge, unless it's about. Um, sorry, Action Park in New York. I feel mm-hmm. like I've got a good handle on that. I watched that film too. That was um, that was pretty fun. But no, none of these are at Action Park. Um, so the first one I'm going to give you, uh, again, these are beers or water slides. The very first one I've got for you is called Scorpion's Tail. Oh, this is the thing. And this is the thing with the roller coaster thing. If I hadn't already known what each roller coaster was and in lockdown at the time, it would have been a real struggle. They work so well as both. But I'm going to say that this is a roller coaster, not a roller coaster, a water a water slide slash water attraction. Not sure how broad-based your... Um, they're all slides. They're all slides? If they're slides, they're all slides, yep. They're okay. all slides. I'm going to say this is a slide. Um, I'm not sure what you're going to be riding on this slide, whether it's going to be a tube or an old-fashioned mat or raw-dogging it, but I think this is a water slide. Tony, Scorpion's Tail is a water slide. You got it right. 
Uh, Scorpion yes. Sail is at Noah's Ark Water Park uh, in Wisconsin Dells. Speaking of Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> 10 stories high, nearly 400 feet long, an initial drop that sends you plummeting down at more than 50 feet per second. So America's this is a raw dog speed. Nearly vertical water slide loop. So you got to be four feet tall and 90 pounds to ride this. It's a tuber. This appears to be a tube of some kind. Oh. Um, you got to be in a tube. Um, now, Wisconsin Dells, Tony, I don't know if you're familiar with what Wisconsin Dells is, but it's just a big tourist attraction about in the center of a couple. There's a few lakes there in the center of Wisconsin. Um, and they got water parks and the most mini- miniature golf you will ever see in your life. <laughs> okay. But then uh, Noah's Ark Water Park as well. All right, next up. Now, so just a one. quick You're question. One for one. Yeah. Noah's Ark Water Park. Is it got that name just because it's cool rhyming or is it like um, the um, attraction with that Ken Ham bloke who's actually Australian? No, I don't believe there is a religious component to Noah's oh, Ark. I, I, I like think that. that's something we would have, we would have come up with. We, yep. we would have applied to it now. I think it was just – now, there is a – obviously, there's a um, – a biblical element to it that they, yeah, but they didn't cool care about when they made. I think I think it existed in um in the sixties, so I don't think anyone thought about that shit. I like the fact that, that it is yeah. just good alliteration and a good rhyme. I'm Bravo. not sure. I don't know. I guess I've never been there, so maybe there is. If you've been to Noah's Ark in in Wisconsin Dells, let us know. I I don't really remember. I I probably had been there, but I was like six, so does not ring a bell. All right, next up for you, Tony. This one is called Extreme, and it's spelled X-Treme. Extreme Phaser. Extreme Phaser. See, this sounds like a beer to me that somebody is, like, referencing, like, ray guns or a phaser, which is an audio effect. The cool spelling and everything. Okay, that, that has some like connotations of water slide, but this reads to me as a beer. So put me down as a beer. Tony says it is a beer. Extreme phaser is a water slide. Really? Extreme phaser is a water slide in Germany. It is in Galaxy Erding, Germany. Uh, I'm having a hard time finding, I was having a hard time finding like the attractions website itself, but, uh, um, it will get you up to 72 kilometers an hour. That is fast. That's 50, oh no, 40, whatever. Here's Reddit. Women, women banned from water slide after vaginal injuries. (laughs) All right. So uh, it went up there and wreaked havoc. It went up there and wreaked havoc. Famous, famous words. Um, there is a water slide which is so intense that women are banned from riding it. Speeds over 72 kilometers an hour. It would feel like someone taking a power washer to your vagina. <laughs> huh. Question with, without notice. Who has ever taken a pressure wash to their vagina? 
You shouldn't. That, that's not a good idea. <laughs> Don't put a water. You, people, you put a water pick down there or something. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. Too, too much. Too hard. Oh. All right, Tony, you're one for two. Okay. I'm happy at uh, that point. Next up, we have for you, this one's called Galactic Descent. Galactic Descent. I feel like this is potentially, I say potentially, because it isn't the true, if it had said galaxy, then absolutely I'd say this is a beer. But I think this is a beer with galaxy hops in it and they're putting a play on that. Um, Mark me in as a beer, but if it was a water slide... I'm guessing it would be another fast water slide. Mm. That's but right. I said B, so check me. He's going with beer. Yep. Galactic Descent is a beer. That's it's, right. Tony's does it right. have Galaxy? Galactic Descent by Surly Brewing Company in Minneapolis. Beer number three in our intelligent design series comes from brewer Robbie Denaway. If you ever wanted... Surly take on any IPA, here you go. A double dry hop dose of Galaxy and Citra imparts galactic descent with a full universe of juicy tropical flavor. 4.12 on this one, 667 ratings for galactic descent. All right, two for three. You're doing pretty good at this, Tony. Next up for you, I have, uh, this one's called Summit Plummet. Summit. Summit. Plummet. See, I don't think this would be a beer because I can imagine um, there's a brewery named Summit, um, I think, isn't there? Brewery named Summit. I believe there's a hop named Summit even. Oh, now that confuses things. But I'm going to stick with Water Slide. He's going with Water Slide. Summit Plummet, and I uh, lost my pen in my headphones. We're cool. Don't worry about it. Um, Summit Plummet <laughs> is a water slide. Yes. And it's actually anyone who's on here or anyone who's listening who's been to Disney World, uh, as I had when I was a young child, uh, was probably losing their mind because Summit Plummet, I believe, is one of the um, better known water slides uh, it is at Blizzard Beach in Walt Disney World, Orlando, um, Florida, in Orlando, in uh, beautiful Orlando, Florida. It is a high-speed water slide with a near-vertical twelve-story drop. I mean, the video, like the screenshots of the videos, look look too vertical to me. And I, how does that affect your vagina? Vagina. <laughs> I think they make you. I think they like when you go down with the legs crossed on this one. Well, um, wouldn't that alleviate the issue with the German water slide? Now this says it goes up to ninety-seven kilometers an hour. <laughs> Maybe those women in Germany are just a touch loose. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, one one wonders, Tony. Despite you having seen the action park movie, if you, you kind of have to understand that maybe there are some potential problems with not just the speed component, but the angles uh, that may 
Um, I don't know. But Man, also, maybe. yes, Walt Disney do a little bit more testing, but also the Walt Disney, uh, what, what are they called? They're not employees, whatever they're called. They're they called cast members. Yeah, cast members are a little less stoned and a little bit more competent than those that were staffing the rides at Action Park. Disney Disney under some heat right now for being either too uh, t- too shitty or not shitty enough. I like that. Con- I like that. Um, your the uh, current um, whatever the current whatever you'd call the current set of wackos in the in the U.S. Uh, thinks Disney is is too is too liberal. I love that. That's well, fucking funny, dude. It falls into Disney, the like, most <laughs> fucking biggest, richest um, company that just tries to please, you know, or satisfy every Karen on earth. Well, it's just very funny. This is where you're absolutely right. This is a company that uses wokeness purely to cash in, and that that's why they do it in their movies. You look back at their history when it was cool to when it was profitable to be racist. They were racist. When it's profitable to be woke, they're woke. But this is a corporation who primarily looks at its bottom line and the laws that they're trying to pass in Florida are shithouse. And, um, yeah, Disney are an evil corporation that don't actually produce anything evil. It's just the corporation themselves that is evil. Yeah. You can go to the park and go down the water slide. It's fine. You know, that's it that's up, absolutely it, fine. You maybe can that, enjoy. Maybe they'll tear, tear up your vagina too. Who knows? Yeah, you know? and Great. you can enjoy ESPN. You can enjoy Disney Plus, but know that the Goliath behind that, all those things that you enjoy, are just another I mean, asshole corporation. Literally, all the things you enjoy, I would yeah. say, pretty much. Not even just Disney, but pretty much almost anything you like. Bulls up 16, 940 left in the fourth. Yes. You're good to go. They should get over the line in this one. Um, next up. So what's that got you? Three for four. Tony's Tony's wiping the floor with me on this one. He just knows attractions. He's got a feel for it. This one is called Wave Jammer. Tony, Wave Jammer. Of course. Ah. Of course. The telemarketers ring. I would normally mute it. But I'm just going to let this one ring out because this is probably from Oman or they've either hung up or somebody's picked up the phone. I don't know whether they would pick up the phone. But um, wave jammer, Tony. Wave jammer. It instantly says to me, "Water slide," which alarm bells say. Yeah, just just think about this for a second. Um, what is the wave jamming up against? Is this a Floridian attraction or is this a Floridian brewer? I'm actually going to go against my first thought. Dangerous here, but I'm going to go with beer. And I think it's like a classic American pale ale. So put me down. Wave jammer is a beer. Wave Jammer is a beer, Tony. Wow. Yes. Wow, Tony. Wow, wow, wow. This one is not a pale ale. Well, I mean, it's got hops. It's it's a pale ale, sort of. It's in double India pale ale. Um, 
and it's not from Florida. Oh. Alas, it is from California. Um, this is from Alvarado Street Brewery. Uh, Tony, this is a very popular beer out here. Well liked. Uh, 4.21 on this with 5,259 ratings. Uh, looks like a flat out yummy hazy IPA, Simcoe, and Mosaic Hops. Uh, and a chewy, silky body, courtesy of Mecca Grade Wiki Up Hard Red Wheat from Oregon. So I, I appreciate a little thought to that malt bill in a hazy IPA. I think that makes a big difference. Nice job, fellas. Next up for you, this one is called Double Splash. Double Splash. I think this is a water slide meets lazy river. There's oh, so. Clever. Yeah, you've got the lazy river. There's not much going on. You're just sliding down there, happy to be a part of it. But this one is actually a mild water slide on top, splash down, takes you down, kind of a lazy river, then second mild water slide. I'm going to say water slide. Don't know why, but that's just what came to mind straight away. Tony, double splash is a beer. Oh. You did that one wrong. Double Splash is a beer. Got a bit cocky. Double Splash is a double version of Splash, uh, according to the uh, description here by Mars Brewing Company, uh, Mars Community Brewing Company in Chicago. Great brewery. Uh, Splash being a dry-hopped APA fermented with a custom yeast blend that creates tropical fruit flavors and aromas. No fruit is added to this beer. Tony, I will say this about Splash and Double Splash. For not, it is the only, these are the only beers I've ever had that have no fruit in them and taste almost like Hawaiian punch. It's <laughs> fucking yeah. crazy. It is absolutely mind blowing the taste of these beers. Um, uh, double splash 8%, 1720 ratings, 3.98. Underrated for what it is, but it's a flat out yummy beer. Um, no, don't know I- how they make it taste like Hawaiian punch. I don't know what. Whatever magical mix they got there, it's killer. Now, as a drummer, where do you fall on the splash symbol? Are you a big fan, or do you think it's overrated? Uh, I think it has its purpose. I mean, what are you doing with it in, like, a drum set setting? I don't know. you got to have a reason to use it. Uh, splash symbols were pretty popular when I was doing drum corps um, for the pit for the front ensemble because they would they have sort of a specific timbre it's yeah, less about, it's less about anything else and they they sort of fit with sort of like if you have maybe like high brass or like a higher pitched sort of impact you might want to hit it with a with that you know so it's sort yeah, of and that short decay that have. quickly and short decay and everything but um it's for that, right? So if you just have one to play with it, I don't know. You know, it's got a. It's it's like using for years when I was marching, everyone used crotales. I don't know if you're familiar with crotales, but they're like they have like a glockenspiel type setup or sound, but they but they're very very long sustain. Okay. Sound like sound plates. Yeah. You know, the cymbal companies made them essentially. Um, and everyone used them forever. And I was like, why does everyone have a Critale moment? And it doesn't make any sense. You can't all need these. I don't get it. But that was the same with Splash Symbols, too. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in the mode of I don't play the drum set ever uh, any anymore. But um, I always I think I think people unless you're unless you're fucking 
Neil Peart, who's dead. But unless you're <laughs> playing that type of, you know, uh, whatever, Mike Portnoy, Dream Theater type shit, you don't need 300 drums. You just need like a, or yeah. like a metal drummer. You just need, you need sort of a more contained kit, <laughs> you know? Well, that's actually funny because the, um, the guy that I know who is a big fan of the splash symbol happens to be a huge fan of the double kick because he is a big heavy metal drummer. So yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, if you're going to play heavy metal, you should have it. Yep. I mean, you're going to have to bust that thing out. I mean, I was watching some like metal drummer guys um, just on YouTube for fun, and I'm like, damn, these fuckers are crazy. <laughs> but it's just all about it. speed. Come on, like and it yeah, just blows awesome. into one sound. Blast Whatever, beats. I, I, played, I played rudimental shit forever, so speed is very fun to me. I like when people can do fast, yeah, but, do shit fast. Fast but, and good is cool to me. But the issue is blast beats remind me of finger blasting, just in their name. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pussy talk on this show. we got we got problems here. Um, all right, Tony, moving on. Uh, <laughs> what we just did, double splash. This one's called Zuma Zuma. Zuma Zuma. This could be a kitty water slide. Like, who names it beer Zuma Zuma unless it's got some miracle ingredient who, in who, it? Who would do it? I, I like how you sow that seed of doubt. That's very <laughs> Tom Colicchio of you. Um, I'm, but I'm going to stick with it. This is like a kitty water slide. Zuma Zuma. You're going, you're going kitty water slide. I am. All right. Zuma Zuma is a water slide. You are correct. Uh, Zuma Zuma is actually down mere seconds from me over at the Cowabunga Bay water park at Gibson and Boulder highway in La- here in beautiful Henderson, Nevada. Um, let's, let's check. I don't think this, I think most of the water slides there are, I would say, I don't want to say kitty. They're friendly for me. I would like them. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking for thrill seeking. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna end up at a water park, I just sort of want to like. It might be fun to like kind of go down a hill and land into a pool. That's cool. But I don't need to like be fucking hollering the whole time. You know. Yeah. Um, this one is actually actually it's actually what I don't want. This is a <laughs> thrill seekers will love this attraction as it drops instantly from seventy three feet in the air to into a high speed horizontal three sixty loop. This ride features a unique launch capsule with a trap door that drops out from below, instantly <laughs> sending riders on a thrilling adventure. Shoes must be removed while riding. No shit, you're on a water slide. <laughs> Doing. I'm just chilling in that like they have like one of the oh yeah they have one of these ones where you get the board and you go down there like a fun slide type thing yep and uh yeah that's cool to me that's fine for me that's enough I got a heart condition bro I can't be getting on this fucking shit I can't handle that um but yeah you can hey you can almost see you can almost see our town home from the picture of it here on Cowabunga Bay that's cool um don't look at my don't look for my fucking house freaks uh next up so you got that one right that's you're 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 getting there you're doing good i think you've got what you got one two three four five yeah you got five you got five you got what like three left here yep all right next one you got is this one's called atomic whale 
Oh. See, I can't see how that's a ride. Like, just just think about this for a second. Like, what sort of ride is the atomic rail whale, not rail? Mm-hmm. Would be a good roller coaster name. Or a monorail. That's why it's a game show. I can't tell you what kind of ride it is. Yeah, because I don't it's think it is slide. a ride. It it is not a water attraction. It is not a water slide. It is a beverage that is alcoholic, made primarily from malt. Mm-hmm. Atomic Whale is a beer, Tony. You're right. Uh, I just kind of thought the name was funny. Why not? I don't know. You could you could name one of these Atomic Whale. Doesn't matter. Of course. Uh, this one's a rye Russian Imperial Stout with cherry added. That's what I um, thought. It, not not that exact rye version, but I th- thought it would be a massive beer that beer whales uh, would be after. But mm, I don't know. But I don't know if the whales care about this one. It's from 18th Street in Indiana. There, place I went to a handful of times. Very good. Um, you went to somewhere in Indiana and you didn't burn it to the ground. I'm proud it's of you. Right, it's just like Three Floyds. It's right by Three Floyds, which is also in Indiana, but it's right there down the street. Uh, some reviews of this. This is from Beth S. Beth S. says, not sure what is up with this. May have sat too long. Occasionally I get a cheery tatsy. I think she said, I think she meant to say cherry taste. Um, uh, so that was a funny review. Cherry tats, cheery tatsy. Um, and that's really it. So this one has a 4.08 on 1400 ratings, Atomic Whale from 18th Street in collaboration with Mickler. So oh. if you like cherry in your stout, this one might not be bad. All right, next up, Tony. This one's called Speed Castle. Uh, I'm going to go beer again. Again, mm. to me, it just doesn't sing that it's, I don't, I can't see how that turns into a water slide, a jumping castle. You don't think there yes. could be like a, a medieval attraction. times, medieval times, or yeah, Disney King Arthur, you know, uh, pulls the sword from the stone and you fall into a trap door, you know, uh, and do a three sixty loop. No, don't say it uh, for a water can, slide. Okay, I do say it for a roller coaster or a Disney type attraction. But a water slide, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no go for me. All right, Tony, you're right. It's a beer. This one was too easy. This. No research, absolutely he's crushing blowing, it. He's blowing it up. Yeah, I didn't do a good job. I didn't pick good enough water names. I don't think. I just like this name though. So Speed Castle. I've actually had this beer. This is back in Indiana. This is Three Floyd's. Speed Castle is their newest year-round beer. Uh, it's a Pilsner using hops sourced from German farms, American Pilsner malt, and hand-selected fresh or wet hops. Uh, it is named after, if, Tony, when you drive um, down uh, Calumet Avenue from Three Floyds, you will drive past a, a gas station. It's a Speedway gas station. And connected to the Speedway gas station is a White Castle restaurant, and that is the Speed Castle. And it is named for exactly that place uh, right there, the Speed Castle. So, uh, Delicious Pilsner, I rated it pretty high um, when I had it right before the pandemic set in February of 2020. Nice. 
Sounds very good. Sounds like it's a good combo. Did you have some White Castle at the same time? I know it wasn't the biggest rap for White Castle. No, I think I, ate, I think I ate at Three Floyds. That was the move at the time. They can't do Fair that enough. anymore. But soon I'll be able to eat White Castle because there's one coming very, very, very close to my house. I'm excited um, to try it again, seeing my standards because I'd build it up to a point that was unsustainable. So I'm I'm happy to retry it at some point. Tony, I think you. I think this is the last one. This is the last one. You're right. Last one is the Walhalla Wave. Oh, that sounds like a vagina wrecker. But is <laughs> it a beer or a water slide? That's the question. Either way, it's a vagina wrecker. Um, He's tearing up a vagina. I'm going to go with with water slide. I I don't know why. It's probably just cockiness at this point. I'm, yeah, put me down as a water slide. Tony's right. It's a water slide. He got him. He got it. He got eight out of ten. Holy shit! Um, right. I think you got him. You got Summit Plummet. You got Zuma Zuma. You got you got Scorp. You got Scorpion's Tail. You got Wall Hollow Wave. You got Wave Jammer. You got Speed Castle. You got Atomic Whale, and you got Galactic Descent. You got eight out of ten. Well, Hollow Wave is a inner tube family water slide at the Aquatica Water Park in Orlando, and in San Antonio they have a they have another they have a double location. So uh, this one looks, this one looks all right. You get in your big inner, you get in your inner tube and you splash around down there. Not too bad. Now this might be my ignorance on continental United States, but I really feel like there are a couple of locations that water parks are suited to and okay. some of these others that's a risky business model to be in like you put a water park in vegas you put a water park in san diego you put a water park in orlando or anywhere in florida i think you've got a successful business model where you can run 9 10 11 12 months out of the year and have a decent crowd during that time but you put a water park in wisconsin you're running that shit well- Three months of the year. Season. season. You run four months out of the year. Um, now that's the case even here, Tony. Uh, really? Uh, the water park here runs, I would say, six, seven months. Oh, there you um, go. Because um, people here are different. People, uh, for it to be hot enough to take your kids to the water park, it's just got to be. It has to be really hot. It's yeah. got to be really hot. <laughs> we got to be hitting we got to be hitting 90 95 if if you're taking your kid to the water park because um it's just a different threshold you just got to clear a different number is the problem to take your kid to the water park in wisconsin maybe 77 is good enough if you already made the plan you're just fine with it you know okay uh, gotcha i know there's a very popular one in kansas city i didn't put that one on here called the schlitter schlitterbahn which is like supposed to be the tallest, scariest fucking shit on earth. And Kansas City actually is a good place for a water slide because when it gets hot there, it gets in. It's the most uncomfortable hot. Ah, uh, super outside moist. Of, it's uh, yeah, it's some something going on there um, in Kansas City when it's hot because it, it gets really hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. I mean, it gets really hot here, but for some reason, it's just like maybe you just expect it here. But for some reason, you're in Kansas City and it's like 97 and 80 percent humidity. You're like, what the 
fuck is happening? Um, you just don't see it coming. Weird. Comes out of out of nowhere is what you're saying. Yeah. All right, Tony, so, that's the best you've done on a game in a while. That was a killer. Um, just one question about the slitter bar. Tidy up there. Yeah, yeah. Is it in Kansas City, Kansas, or Kansas City, Missouri? Missouri, sorry, not Missouri. You know, I would guess it was in Kansas City, Kansas, honestly, because I think that's where there's more space to build a water park. Um, it is in Kansas City, Kansas. I was right. Oh, yeah, there's Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri is is where the city is. Um, yep, that's where all the stuff is. Oh, and it's also permanently closed, so <laughs> don't go there. Um, uh, maybe someone died there. Did somebody die? Um. <laughs> Could have been somebody died, so whatever. Um, well, yeah, because <coughs> Kansas City, and then I put Slitter Barn. Um, the second result, death. <laughs> Third result, death video. No, no, no I'm not clicking that. on that result, no. but yeah. No, no, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody died in front of like their parents. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we we can't be having we can't be having these waters. So, okay. So, what happened on this show? We we talked about water slides, and um, it was uh, it was like they are all very dangerous. Is the problem? And we also talked about vaginas. Yeah. So, and they're also very right. dangerous. I think you gotta, if you're, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I'm keeping my options open there. I get the payoffs a little better. The water slide, you know, <laughs> water slide's thirty seconds and you're dead. At least I'm getting 80, 80 seconds out of the out of the, out of the vagina. And Look at you, big nose you know, yourself. Right? Yeah. Um, all right, Tony. I think we should wrap this thing up before we get even grosser. Okay, if you want to uh, complain about our grossness, you can um, send an email to beerengineshow at gmail.com. But if you really want to applaud us, I would recommend <coughs> giving us a tip. That is ko-fi.com slash podcast, And you can follow us on Instagram at beerenginepod. Um, anything more Great. to say, Griff? Uh, did you hit our untapped, Tony? Are we good on that? We didn't hit our untapped. I'm going to yeah, cheat some stuff Yeah, you can check us in. out on untapped. Yeah. I got it. it our, our untapped, my untapped is Griff AD, all one word, Griff Ad, and then Tony's is Saint Maz with a Z, Saint, like like the Saint from that from Val Kilmer, and then M O Z, and you can look at the various beers we're checking in and loving or hating, mostly loving though. Um, yeah, that's it though. Tony, uh, anything else about anything that's not too gross? Well, yeah, I just want to say that my St. Monica is not because I am, um, holier than thou, um, that, um, or, um, anything like that, but I do, um, have an obsession with an Australian football team called the St. Kilda Saints and they are currently four and one. So, that all is, right, all right, off to a good start. That is a good start to a season that I thought we were going to be really struggling, and I would have been happy at two and three. So that's a really good start. So, just wanted to bulls up, bulls leaded down to eight. 
with three and a half minutes left. All right. You're home. All right. Yeah, let's see what happens. All right, Tony, another banger. We'll talk next week. How about it? Sounds good. All right. See y'all.